Listen up, squibs. You may find this podcast to be fucking explicit. Shadow Sworn Adam. And I'm your host, Brendan Carrion. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? Fantastic, buddy. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. And, a little bit uh, of time. Yeah, we man. Full Metal RPG not too long ago. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did one of those just very recently. But Shadow Sworn's different. I always look forward to doing it. It's, uh, it's a special treat, I think, to do one of these once a month. It's fun, a little more focused, and we get to talk about all the White Wolf stuff, which I know is near and dear to our... Uh, unbeating undead hearts yeah man i don't really know what i'd do without it i i know that i've kind of gotten away from doing that kind of gaming over the last like i don't know 10 years or something but it's never like far out of reach like even just even just uh yesterday i was talking to heather the girlfriend and i was saying like hey uh what if i ran a masquerade game would you want to play and she was like She's like, well, it's not Requiem, so uh, that's that's a strike against it. And she's like, well, who else be playing? And I told her who, and she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I, it's near and dear to our hearts, though. I mean, the other day I was in the uh, the art supply store and I had a, oh. a Bruja shirt on, and a guy went, oh, Bruja, huh? Asimites are better. And I, on one hand, <laughs> yeah. I was happy because he knew what yeah. the shirt was, and on the other hand, I was angry because of how wrong he was. It's so wrong. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't know how to square that and and communicate with this guy. I was like, oh, yeah, that's uh, they suck. See ya. Mm. And so. Yeah. Asimites are better. Why is everybody so confrontational with you? I, I, I don't no one, know. No one would say that to me. No one would ever say Asimites are better to me. I'm just like, like, like. First of all, I think I mean, he was just trying to make it? conversation. It didn't come off as uh, unfriendly, but uh, but yeah. Oh, I don't was know. he was he kidding? Did he have like a little chuckle in his voice? Yeah, he had a little chuckle in his voice. Oh, yeah, sure. th- Why did, yeah. did you did you make contact with him? Did you try and reach out? Uh, I just we were there were other people in line and everything. It was at the art supply store, so it was Which one art of those supply things. Store where, uh, going it, was, to? it was Michael's. We were at Michael's because my kids wanted ah. to go there and pick up some stuff, and I was like, "Oh, while I'm here, I'll get a um a pen for the stuff that we're doing for the Dungeon Degenerates Drawing Club." Yes. Um. So I wanted to get a pen for that, and they had the uh, Prisma colors, forty percent off. So I wanted to get oh, a, a gray sweet. Prisma color. Um. So I bought, actually bought a box of them. I'll show it to you. And then uh, yeah. So I bought a box of Prisma colors and and was running through the line and there's a line behind me so i was just kind of like ah, all right cool like see you later so uh you know like I, i'm always trying to like meet new people to game with mm-hmm. and i've definitely like uh I, I do this thing where i go to a used bookstore once a week every week 
and I rifle through the old books, and mm-hmm. like lately, their World of Darkness has been shit. Yeah, it's like not, it's Bookman's so, has dude, Bookman's, had a really poor showing of the World dude, of Darkness, but it's it, way better than the half price books or any of the other ones around here. Changing hands, they don't have anything. It's true, it's true. It's but it's really picked over right now. And um, every so often, I'll meet somebody there who's also like you know perusing the books, and mm-hmm. I'm always like, "Hey, man, how you doing? You into role playing?" And like. Just trying to make make new friends, which is, right. like, I guess, how you do it. You're supposed to talk to people, right? You can't just, you know, you don't just suddenly have a bunch of friends. Well, it's tough with the white stuff because they're not, it's not being published and put into stores anymore. So the yeah. people who are getting it are purpose buying it. Like, there was a glut of them when they stopped putting them in role-playing yeah. stores at all those places. Like, all the Requiem stuff and all the New Mage and New Werewolf the Forsaken and all that. There was a big glut of it in the market mm-hmm. right after they stopped putting it in stores and now there's nothing because you can't get it anywhere it's, you have to purpose order it and the kind of person who's going to plunk down for a print-on-demand book is not the kind of person who is very likely to go to bookman's and be like uh sell this to you i don't want it anymore well i really like the way that um the secondary market has become so fun mm-hmm. with white wolf books because that was always half the fun anyway it's like trying to dig up books right from, uh, try and find the really hard to find ones yeah exactly yeah, print-on-demand takes that now you don't have like oh yeah, it's it, not, it's you not can just fun. get them and those and all those uh some of them are not full bleed and, yeah and, and they if look you terrible want, if you oh. want the cool covers like the weird covers from the 90s uh there when they were like spending money on that kind of mm-hmm. shit you can't get that on right but, you know i the, ended up actually hunting down a couple books that i wanted to reacquire uh Fomori and destiny's price on oh, on the secondary devil on the secondary market because the ones that they had on uh Drive through RPG weren't full bleed, and I was yeah, just like, I don't, fuck that. I don't want that. I want the like that matte black cover. Yeah, I want the the black dog matte covers for the, both with, of with these. the glossy right. inlay with the glossy or whatever. In, yeah, that I want that. I don't. Rad. I don't want the new covers. I don't want the new stuff that you're doing with print on demand things. So I want so the old, shit. The, old the old cool stuff. I was talking to Mister Gone. Uh, who used to make the old uh, character sheets? You can right. still find it. if you type Mister Gone into like Google or something. Yeah, the I think PDFs, it's like, I think the, it's like interactive the top character thing. sheets. Yeah, he used to make the interactive interactive character sheets, and it's what he's well, well known for. Right, to he, show you what kind of a '90s guy I am. When you prefer, like, hey, remember Mister Gone? My my first reaction to that was, oh, that you mean the character from the Max? <laughs> that what? that comic that was written by Sam Keith that no one remembers. I, th- I th- well, clearly Mister Gone does. Yeah, clearly Mister Gone remembered. I think he probably picked that around the time it was maybe popular because they had a cartoon on mtv for a little bit but great cartoon like so I, good yeah i don't i don't think anyone today would think of that when they hear that name anymore. definitely not I've, to be totally honest i've always kind of wondered where he got it so mm-hmm. thanks for I mean, with, without me having to embarrassingly ask him right. anyway follow him on instagram he's easy to find and um he posted today that he was selling a bunch of stuff but some horror movies and so i was like yo man i want some of your horror movies and uh, he said, he wrote me back, he goes, oh, I'm also getting rid of some of these World of Darkness books. And I was like, shit, yeah, because I started following Mr. Gone back in, like, I don't know, I think it was, like, the 90s or something? Like, he was very active 2000s. on the forums. He was maybe, big on the forums. Maybe, like, 2000, you know, 2001. Anyway, like, the idea that, like, I'm going to own some of Mr. Gone's books kind of, like, blows my mind, you know? I mean, I feel like I, if I had a time machine, I could go back and be like, hey, look, you own his books. It's kind of weird. So I worked it out. It's a small out. world. I mean, it's a small it hobby is. world. So. Well, I mean, I don't know. Back then, it seemed like White Wolf was kind of on the upswing, and, like, 
they were going to be around forever and they were going to be the top two. You know, there was going to be D&D and Vampire, right? And then with all the weirdness of uh, the Onyx Path thing and the and the um, CCP thing and, and the print-on-demand thing, and it's just been like, now they're practically unheard of again. I mean, they could, yep. they could become an underground thing again, although I don't think that's the direction that... Uh, the new White Wolf Publishing wants to go. I think that they want to kind of be a bit more in your face. With yeah, the whole thing. I really would like to see them back in the stores again. I mean, it's oh, yeah. it's depressing when I go into the store and it's like, here's Eclipse Phase and here's Dungeons and Dragons Pathfinder and you know, like some Colonial Zombies game, and you don't see any White Wolf stuff anymore. There's not really a lot of horror gaming on the shelf. There's some, but not a lot. It's not mostly like zombies based. It's like there's a ton of zombies games. Just zombies a lot of zombies is the, games. Is the new hotness. Uh, not, yeah, it's not even a new out, it's, it's, I don't, it's, I don't it's, even. It's, it's like the last fifteen years has just been inundated with zombies. Yeah, I think they're kind of played out. I, I'm yeah. <laughs> looking forward to something else. Just because zombies, there's not a ton you can do with that. As for horror gaming, you basically have to play a survivor. Like that's your option. I'm gonna be as a. I'm gonna be a zombie. We both survivor. have that. I am zombie game coming. Did you? Yeah, pledge? we do. Did you Toxicity. pledge on that? Yeah, but you're. Yeah, you're playing the zombie. I did pledge on that. That's. I bought that more on the pedigree of uh of Mark Ryan Hagen, mm-hmm. um than anything. Uh, just because I was kind of like, ah, I don't know about zombies. Like I was always kind of in the NWAD stuff whenever they'd bring up the zombies, just being kind of like, ah, kind of tapping yeah. on it, yeah. You know. And then there's there's that uh, end of the world line of games, and they had the zombie apocalypse oh, book. I don't like those games. I got the one for the Cthulhu one, the the gods rising or whatever. Yeah. It's it's okay, but I don't like the concept of it where it's like, oh, you just play yourself. Yeah, that's what I hate about it. I won't play myself. Yeah, yeah that was what that I was like. I don't want to play myself. Terrible. I'd last about two minutes in any one of these scenarios. I, just I play role playing games to not be myself. Right. That's like the whole because I, I, I hate myself and I don't want to be myself. Right. Exactly. So can, I, so can you let me escape into a world where I'm not myself? Right. I mean, like Jesus. I suck and I know it. So I'd like to play somebody who doesn't. Yeah. So could you at least give me that option? And you can do it that way. You don't I'm have. Sure you to play yourself you could play a heroic character i guess i guess anyway like so he's gonna send me some books and uh oh, that's cool. freak, freak legion is one of them guys nice. scored a, scored freak legion there uh book. clan book salubri oh cool um, that's a good book have san, that one san francisco by night cool and uh one other one i had oh, san francisco oh, oh, by world night. of darkness of second sight hell yeah oh that's so, a good book that is a good book and you know the um the second edition has a has a has a second sight type book coming out, but I really want to have a copy of Second Sight just in case the new one sucks. The first one was really good, and uh, the other one that I really recommend in that same vein, which is really hard to find, is Mediums uh, for Wraith. That's a really cool book, and I love that book a lot. Is that hard to find? Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's hard to find. I haven't ever really seen it anywhere. Uh, any of those later edition Wraith books were hard to find, and I think that was oh, the yeah. Year of the Ally book the for Ally. Wraith. And it was really hard to come across. Like the, any of the Year of the Ally books, aside from Ghouls, didn't really get a big print run. Well, Kinfolk might have. Yeah, Kinfolk may have. I do see Kinfolk from time to time, but I don't really ever see like the Acolytes one. I don't see the Fae right. one. What the hell was the Changeling one? Do you oh, remember Jesus. what that one was? I don't even know. Did they have one? I thought they I don't did, know. but I don't know. I know Wraith That's a had good mediums. Point. And... That's a really good point. Was Sorcerer? Sorcerer was Year of the Ally for Mage, not Acolytes. It was Sorcerer, wasn't it? Yeah, they reprinted yeah, the Sorcerer. I love well, Sorcerer. I think that, yeah. Uh, well, now we're digging into the old memory yeah, we got to go into the, into the Wayback yeah, Machine and pretty, dig through the brain meats <laughs> the, to figure this the stuff way out. The Wayback Machine. Yeah. Nice. Um, anyway, so like, what have you been up to with gaming, dude? 
Uh, so the latest is I have started running a Gamma World campaign. How's that uh, going? Seventh edition Gamma World. So the latest edition of Gamma World. Um, at, it's going well. I got interrupted. So I, uh, I'm on call for work. What that is, is if there's ever a problem with any of the systems, they call me and I got to drop whatever I'm doing to deal with it. So uh, they ended up calling me, so I had to cut it short. Uh, we only played for about an hour and a half. During that time, we got through character creation. Character creation is randomly generated characters. So you can okay. do things like roll up like a, uh, a hawkoid rat swarm. Um, so you are like a hawk creature rat swarm combo. So like, oh, I'll be like a swarm of pigeons or crows or something like that. Um, so we had a, a mind coercer doppelganger. Doppelgangers are able to create a copy of themselves. Mind coercers are able to influence others. Um, we had a mind black, a mind breaker, telekinetic, so kind of like a Professor Xavier, Jean Grey type of character, and then a uh, electrokinetic, pyrokinetic, or something like that. It was two uh, types of characters like that. Which, which um, one is Full Metal Ben? Full Metal Ben is the mind breaker telekinetic. So his character is uh, named Sports Authority. And, okay. and it's a really gonzo weird role playing game. We're playing in the ruins of our city, Phoenix. Like the, the idea is there's this thing <laughs> called the big mistake where all of these alternate realities get munged together. So the, like the Rick and Morty multiverse, how they have all those different worlds where all uh-huh. the different things happen. They all got collapsed into one planet. Uh, so essentially like a planet where there was... Uh, deep, a higher level of tech than we have now, got collided with a planet where aliens came to visit us, got collided with a planet where a nuclear apocalypse happened, and so you end up with this kind of dystopian, post-apocalyptic uh, version of Phoenix. So, Is this your story, or is this, is this a supplement? This is one that I'm making. So things oh, like... Cool. Um, if Ben or any other players are listening, you can close your ears right now. So, uh, like Shut Camelback, your balls, fools. Camelback Mountain ha- is uh, like a dragon nest where there's this uh, swarms of bee people who serve this dragon up there because of all the bees' nests that are up on Camelback, where people get stung by them and die every year. So I decided, okay, there's a dragon up there. He lives <laughs> on top of Camelback. There's these bee people who serve him. Then Hunt's tomb, that weird pyramid thing, yeah, where that governor like buried him and his family and his kids or whatever, like. Uh, Governor Hunt's a lich, and he lives up in Hunt's tomb. Oh, cool. Um, and so then the botanical gardens have been taken over by giant mutated plants. Uh, the zoo is like all of these races of uh, of uplifted sentient animals live there. Um, so essentially just taking all of the little local sites and then putting kind of a fallout weird little twist on them. A, a little bit kind of rifts earthy. Right. A little, a little, little bit, bit kind of rifts L- earthy. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Kind of throw in everything and see how it goes together. Um, and so, so far it's been pretty fun. Like they have the right attitude. Uh, one of the players he's playing a, 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 a mind coercer is named Crunk Mayhem in the game. Uh, and he <laughs> uses as his melee weapon a belt. He calls it daddy's belt. It was his father's belt. He uses that as his melee weapon. And then his ranged weapon is a bubble gun. Uh, that shoots like thought projected force concussive bus- bubbles out of it from his his brain his telepathy his telepathy powers. Um, Jesus. Yeah, and then uh, sports authority is, is armored in old sporting gears, uh, salvaged from the pavilion sports authority that was over there. Uh-huh. And he uh, has a power that he can telekinetically control a weapon. Uh, so he's just always circled by a bat with nails driven through it 
that he uses for his Malay attack. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so there's that's just cool. little weird things you can do. Yeah, that sounds um, really fun. Yeah, so it's pretty fun. This is what you were going to do for Crit Hit, but then you weren't This is what to... I was going to do for Crit Hit, but nobody showed up and wanted to play. So <laughs> now I'm running it down at Game Depot. You're lost, suckers. Yeah, you're lost, suckers. You don't get to experience the weird. So yeah, yeah. it's just a very strange, like, gonzo. And it was pretty funny because for the first couple times, I was like, well, can I do this with my character? And I was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, the weirder it is, the better. Go nuts. Do something completely oddball with your character and, and have fun with it. Nice, nice. Uh, last night, we did session three. Well, I guess it was like it was like the fourth session, but it was the third episode of Lamentations. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, It went all right. Uh, we finished up the uh, Sleeping Place of the Feathered Swine. Um, nobody died, which was really surprising nice. in a certain <laughs> way. Um, yeah, that game can get brutal. It's, like, it's, dude, it's here's the thing: is deadly. I, oh my god! I I ran Sleeping Pace of the Place of the Feathered Swine, thinking it was gonna be um like kind of tame. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this will be not too bad. It is fucking brutal. That game is so fucking brutal. Like, I was playing it pretty soft like 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 if i had played it to the hilt i probably would have killed them all that's kind of the ethos of osr though is that brutality yeah i mean i, mean, I know that gamma world was it, supposed it, to be brutal too but i sure didn't see it i it, was rolling terribly i think in the uh, I, I had two critical failures in a row but i mean i was rolling really bad but at the same time just it didn't I, seem all that hard it was a it was a mistake from a difficulty angle to bring in noobs on OSR, even though I think we all kind of started on OSR in a certain way. Yeah, but those were different times, I think. They, they were, and different people, right. you know? So these are very, like, creative, enthusiastic people, and I didn't want to crush them under a bunch of rules and shit. So we wrapped up, and they came up with some interesting, um, some interesting kind of, like, uh, uh, thinking around problems solutions like uh one of the things in that is you have to slice these little cysts out of the side of the the this swine thing oh yummy they they had already like killed the swine for other reasons you're not even supposed to the thing's supposed to be hibernating you're supposed to just kind of sneak up to it and kind of like dig it out of its fat like that like it can't even feel it you know but like they had managed to kill this thing through a series of blunders and uh and then they started cutting off the cysts, and uh, the roll for it is like pretty punishing. And the, pu- the 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 punishment for failure is is like these um parasites enter your skin and start like 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 taking you over like almost immediately. And so right. you have to like hack your arm off or ah. your limbs off in order to oh, in order to save you from the parasites. Yeah. So one <laughs> guy had his arm hacked off. Oof. And um, and then they were pretty much like, oh, holy shit, what are we even gonna do with this thing? So rather than like digging out each each cyst, they decided just to like cut the swine's like sides off, like racks of ribs, and then just carry that out of there. <laughs> and I'm like, well, all right, you know, that's, that's one solution. It's creative. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is. It's it's you know, the the module did not call for that, so it's some good thinking on their part. Right. Um, we're yeah, gonna... just yeah, it's, it can get brutal. It can get very tough, and I think that's oh, kind of the kind of the whole idea behind it. Because I know I it was, is I was trying out Dungeon Crawl Classics, and I got very frustrated with it just because it was I... murdering my characters so quick, and it was characters I was like trying to invest effort into right. 
building a backstory on. And right. then they were just dying left and right. And I'm going, well, why am I doing this? This isn't the type of role-playing I they, like. They call that something, though, at the beginning of DCC, where you have you start off with five. Yeah, and it's it like the winnowing. It yeah, they winnow it down to one or two yeah. that are your character after it's, that. It's called like a meat grinder or something. Yeah, it's I mean, a meat I'm grinder serious. dungeon. And it, but it's just... It was one of those things where I'm going, well, this isn't really what I want to do. Like, I wanted yeah. to play a character, and I rolled right. these characters up, and I wrote backstories for them. And then they started – I felt like I was being punished for role-playing. And um, I felt like that's what was going on with the Lamentations crew. So we're doing Dungeon World next. And okay. I'm ready to rock on Dungeon World. We were well, talking thanks for about, getting me a copy of that. That looks super oh, cool. Oh, dude, no problem, no and, problem. Uh, it was just easy. To, kind of call it out there was a, a podcast friends at the table that we had both listened to where they did a yeah. dungeon world actual play um yeah. you can find it very easily it's it's like number one in the itunes for that category of thing and and that was really what sold me on it was hearing them go through the world building process right. in that first episode i was like i don't know what you guys are doing but i really like it i highly recommend episode one of that podcast yeah and, and then, and then episode the other two, ones are kind of eh, episode two is eh. kind of like meh but when you get to episode three and four, mm-hmm. and the story really starts kicking in, because it starts off being kind of like, oh, here's a conundrum, kind of like a right. bad episode of Star Trek or something. But once you get to like episodes three and four, where the story starts to really kick in, you're like, oh, this is kind of pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's like, this is a pretty good fucking GM. I mean, mm-hmm. he makes what I consider to be some amateur mistakes, but that's just me. That's just me. I'm not trying to fucking. Yeah, but they're clearly having fun with it. Yeah, they're, so they're having fun. It's really great to see, you know, that being successful and recognized, and and just even it was something yeah, I'd true. never seen or heard, and so I was really impressed by it. I just I really like the Dungeon World mechanic, and said I have to get that game. I need to go get a copy. Dude, Jim Miller has been like shoving Dungeon World in my face for like a year now and I've just been kind of like pushing him away like yeah, yeah, whatever, I'll get to it when I get to it. Right. Now but I'm like really till excited. Some, till you saw somebody do something. It's easy to do that though because I've had plenty of games people try to sell me on the game and I don't really care about it yeah. until I actually see something done with it and then I go, oh, okay, that looks cool. I want to get in on that. Right, true, true. Um, All that has me still like hankering for a a World of Darkness game. Uh, you know, Jamie at Coliseum Rex is running this uh, Masquerade game, and he posts about it on Insta pretty regularly. And just seeing all the character sheets on the table gives right. me these like palpitations all that in my heart. I just, I'm like, oh, I want that. I want that for me. Right. I want to be there. I want. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know? and we'll we'll get into some of that tonight too. But there's that whole nostalgia aspect of it that takes us back to our youth and when we were getting into it and everything. And yeah, I I do miss that. I miss those early days of role playing. I miss those. Early days. I'm gonna play this bruja and I'm gonna have a leather jacket and then like long hair and mirror shades and. I just I get I miss the clans kind of mm-hmm. I miss kind of like the whole idea of like oh I'm a Zimacy and you're a Somber and we're kind of like allies but we're kind of not right you know I'm like I'm like it that's... really built in rivalry straight from the get go and, yeah. and just a very digestible easy to understand oh I'm a Bruja you're gonna play a Ventru we're probably gonna butt heads at yeah. some point yeah so I'm thinking this group that I'm running for I might run Vampire for them at some point when if we can get to it I'm hoping that I can get them to a spot. Like they're not ready yet, but I'm hoping we can get them to a spot where where we can do vampire. And if not, I still have I have the old fallbacks. Yep, the old fallback regular guys crew. It's true. Hey, I I I hope that if I do something like that, we can find the time so that you can sit at the table because I'd love to play with some of the old schoolers. You right. know, some of the old school chums. 
Yeah, I miss Vampire a lot. I, I always love that game. Wouldn't it be great favorites. if we could get Heiligman? Yeah. What if Heilig played? Yeah. You, me, Heilig, Bailey. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Forget about it. Yeah. I just I would love to play that. Yep. Ah, oh, man. I'm getting all weepy just thinking you about do it. Seven clans. Ooh. We can do, we can do something fun. Anyway, yeah. anyway, anyway, anyway. I, I digress. I digress. Um. So, uh, you tracking any product lately? I mean, we both, we, we, we just looked at it. Okay, listeners, we just listened. We looked at the fucking Onyx Path page like two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. It's fucking dead, Dornian. Nothing's it is going dead. on. There's not really anything going on. They came out with some fiction anthology stuff, which uh, I never really liked their fiction. Yeah. Uh, the Cavaliers of Mars quick play rules dropped, but I just, I don't know. I don't feel like dropping five bucks on a PDF so I can try your no, quick play. Man, like, I'm going to buy the book when it comes out. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know I'm going to buy it. So I hope they Kickstarter that. I'll Kickstarter that. Yeah, I'll just wait for that to come out. Um, I've been reading the Talmahi Ra book, which I like a lot. That's pretty that's that's been really solid so still far. Still need to get it. My my Warhammer addiction has really gotten in the way of my like uh yeah. my white wolf addiction. I can, I can see that. Yeah, I have all the demon books in a list that I want to get with uh with the, goblin markets is in there. You mean wait, 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 wait. The demon but the demon the fallen books? Uh or? no, the new demon Demon the uh, Demon the Descent. Descent, yeah. Oh man, I have such all a, that. Because there's a book for a Seattle that I wanted to get, and I saw it was Demon, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, well, Brendan really likes Demon the Descent." Yeah. So I'll just add all of them to my list, and then maybe I can pick them up when I when I get some when I'm flush with cash. Well, there's a lot of there's I think in that in that Seattle um, book there's a big thing about the underground city you were talking about, right? That's why I wanted to get it, because I was reading up yeah. some reviews on it, and I said, oh, well, that could totally be useful for yeah. if I ever want to relaunch any of the Changeling stuff I was doing. It has a weird mechanic where um, like time in the city is like f- is, is fragmented, and so your characters can, can like move through different time periods. And affect things in different time periods, which I think oh, hmm. I, 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 your face is kind of screwed up in a look of incredulity. Well, I'm just but trying to figure re- out how that would work. When I read the mechanic on it, I was like, okay, this could actually work. This could actually be kind of cool, um, especially considering that you're dealing with characters that would ostensibly exist outside of time anyway. Right. Yeah. The demons. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It sounds neat. Uh, Promethean uh, is not in. Uh, print edition yet it's still i mean they've, they've it's been up there for a while now they're right. still collecting on promethean i don't know what that means i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm really just waiting for wraith v20 at this point that's the <sighs> one that i really want to drop so i can look at it and you yeah. know but I, no. I don't really know what to expect timeline on that mage doesn't really interest me werewolf doesn't really interest me so what like the the v20 the, editions the, of the, those yeah 20 the 20 um, yeah and then the revi- if they do uh revised of mage and uh, Mage the Ascension? Whatever Ascension, the yeah. Or no, the what's the new one? The Awakening. The Awakening. Mage the Awakening or Werewolf the Forsaken. I don't, I'm not really invested in those very much. Both either, of so. those are out. I haven't picked up the new Mage yet. I need to, but. Right. Um, I have the new Requiem. I have new Requiem. I have new, I have Chronicles of Darkness. Yeah. Um, I have Dark Eras. Like, I have a ton of these books. I just, I'm yeah, interested I know. to see what they're going to do with those. God, I need to run some of these games and not just collect all these fucking books. That's part of the fun. It's half of the fun is just buying these books and reading through them and then sticking them on yourself and going, one day, one day. I got that Freak Legion book Mm -hmm. just so that I can run Werewolf of the Wild West, which I have not given up on. Yeah. It's kind of like that scene in a first Iron Man movie when when Terrence Howard sees the silver Iron Man armor next time. Oh, uh, okay. Next time. I, th- I thought you were like, like what? And like, then it turns like, out that he didn't get to do it next time because Don Cheadle. <laughs> 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 
crushing. <laughs> I, I thought you meant like it's like kind of like being trapped in a cave and like Al Qaeda is making you work in a mine. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's no, what no. you meant. No, 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 no not like that like at all. That. It is. Eh. It is. Uh, anyway, so we are so, a slave to our to our hobby. We are indeed. Um, so we have a brand new segment for these fuckers. Don't we, we do, Adam? inspired by the nostalgia that we were talking about earlier. We decided to go back and start rewatching the television series the seminal uh oh, work boy. of art some would call it uh the pinnacle of of 90s television making some would, forever, some would call it that forever night forever night forever night. um and, uh, so we decided to go back and start watching that we started out yeah. with the we didn't do the rick springfield pilot no we skipped that we did we went straight into the canadian garayatwin davies uh nigel bennett uh yeah remake yeah of that that ran for three seasons. Yeah. So it so, started with episode one, season one. We will be bringing you a review of each episode with with every with every episode of Shadows Run Radio Hour. So that means that we'll be doing this for like the next like ten years. Right. I mean, so if you we, don't like it, uh, yeah. man, you are in for a slog. Just, this just, is going to be just fast forward. Just fast forward. Because there should be nice big soundbar thing denoting when the music starts so that you can skip uh the entire forever night or skip to it if you're so inclined maybe it's the best part of the podcast maybe maybe you'll all write in and say just make it the forever night podcast podcast. yeah and it's just gold that would also be fine that would be great because right now the screensaver on my phone is forever night yep the avatar for my fantasy football team is forever night yeah you know, I fucking love Forever Night. Yeah. So um, I have a, I have, see, mine's not uh, Nick Knight. I have Jeanette on a couple things. Oh, so, do you? Yeah, I have do, Jeanette on a couple. You things. see, you know, my my artist, my artist handle is Vampire Cop, and that's because right, yeah. of because of Nick Knight, and so that's oh. that's my fantasy football team, Vampire Cop. Nice. I think I've I think I have uh, Vampire Cop at uh, gmail.com. I don't know. I think I might have that somewhere. Anyway, um, so we're gonna take a quick break. We're going to play you some rad goth tunes. And then when we come back, we're going to discuss season one of the
And we are back, and we're getting ready to start our very first review of the very first episode. Forever Night. Forever Night. A television classic. Oh, uh, if there ever was one. Defining work. Of, the, of the, the halcyon days of syndicated television in the 1990s. Crime time after prime time. <laughs> crime time. Which it starts with. It's, it, just, it, just, it just blasts that it just right blasts in your it. face. Crime time after prime yeah. time. On the, so these are the DVD collection Ooh, yeah. that I bought a long time ago because um, I have a problem. And so I have all three seasons on DVD. I got to say I'm so jealous. I wish I had it. Maybe I'll hit it up on eBay. I, you can I don't find know. them now for seriously. I bought them at the new price. So I paid probably <laughs> two to three times what they're going for now. <laughs> the only one that you can't get is season three. Season three <laughs> runs at a premium. And Why? season the three was season. the worst season of it's them. All. Yeah, it's terrible. So we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, season three was awful. Meet up with us here in like five years, yeah. listeners, and you we'll can discuss hear all about how awful season three the is. Wretched season three. So, um, but yeah, season one, season two. I actually had to rebuy season one because my DVD player at the time, DVD technology was still like I don't I don't want to say it was new, but it ate one of new-ish. my discs. So I had to buy it twice because disc five is ruined on the first one that I have. Um, so, He's like, oh man, yeah. Just so I was like, I'm I have sorry, to buy it dude. again to get the, and I was so upset, but I'm not upset enough to not buy it. So wow. I have, I have two copies of it, and one with the fifth disc is ruined. Like I tried to get it polished at one of those, yeah, yeah, and they were just like, you, there's nothing we can do to save this. That's so, horrifying. Yeah, it was that pretty is, rough. That is it horrifying. was pretty terrible. So yeah, um, it starts with yeah. the prime time after prime time. Then you get that like that CBS surround sound. Yeah, thing. it just it goes across it the bottom. Goes across the bottom. And then there's like you know blah blah blah. There's like there's a museum, right? Yeah. No, no, no. It starts off in that crypt in in Paris, twelve twenty eight. Jeanette walking down the stairs. She's looking sexy. And, yeah. It's very. <laughs> It's very uh, atmospheric. Right. It was way more atmospheric than I thought it was going to be. It, it put instantly put me back in that headspace of yeah. where we were at the time, staying up late, like playing vampire, smoking clove yeah. cigarettes, um, drinking shitty beer, uh, and just watching this kind of stuff. Because, I mean, I – well, I should go back for the – when I started watching it, I was in high school, so I wasn't drinking shitty beer and smoking the clove right, cigarettes. Right, right, right. But I was staying up late to watch it, and I was just like – I'd have my head <laughs> – Resting on my hands and just kind of with my arms out in front of me, just laying down on my bed, watching it on my little tiny crappy TV because because we didn't have the nice big flat screens back then. We had the old <laughs> CRT with the, with the tubes, the tubes. Yeah, the shitty ones. And so I'd just be sitting there watching it and it all grainy and everything. And the, yeah. the screen was very small. I want to say the screen was like sub 14 inches and just trying to watch this show on this little tiny TV in my room every night with my face, you know, about a foot from it. Yeah, no, I did something very similar because it was on uh, Saturday nights, mm-hmm. and um, I would, st- I guess, really Sunday morning. It was right. on on like at like one or very two a.m. on Sunday or late, morning, depending on how you look at it. I mean, it was like it was crazy. I, I, I was in eighth grade when I started watching mm-hmm. it. I would stay up yeah, as a freshman. I'd, I'd like I like finish. I'd finish Saturday Night Live, and then I just knew it was a countdown till Forever Night. Mm-hmm. And this is back when there was uh, newspapers. Newspaper came to your house all the time, and in it on Sunday there would be a like newsprint copy of like the television, the television schedule. You well, know, I remember when I figured out how to program my VCR to record it. 
So I wow. would get a recording of the on-air version onto a tape that I would then take to my TV and play on that. So I got extra quality degradation. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, it was pretty yeah, epic. A, it was pretty great. Two generations removed. Yeah, two generations removed. So it was a tape being played by the station that I then taped that, that I then played on my crummy TV. But but the thing is, is, is in here in Phoenix, I don't know, were you in Phoenix at that point? Were we watching um, the same feed or was this when you were still in New York? Uh, I didn't start watching it till I came out to Phoenix, which was freshman year. So it was right oh, around okay. that same time. Okay. So we must have been watching the same one. Mm-hmm. Back then, it didn't come on at like a consistent time. Right. Like it would say like, oh, it's supposed to come on at like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or whatever. But right. It, oh, but, but it, it would like get. a 15 minute yeah. give. Yeah. But, it could but come I would on just record a block because oh, you could put like the eight hour. Yeah, you could put a, <laughs> you could put a big block like a two hour window that you could record onto the tape for. So that's mm-hmm. what I would do is I just bookend it. Wow. So I'd be like, start recording here and recording here. <laughs> and then it would it was just like it was weird, too, because I think um, it changed depending on the time zone changes because we yeah, don't do probably. daylight savings time. We don't. Because I remember you I know missed what? some. Because I did not I was take off. that into account. I was off because of the change. Oh, shit. That's probably why sometimes it was on at 1 a.m. and sometimes it was on at 2 a.m. Right. Any hoosies. Um, so, anyway, Adam and I really love this shit. I mean, we it's a part of our childhood. Before Vampire, for me, there was fucking Forever Night. Right. And to yeah. this day, if they got all of those people at a con together, Nigel Bennett and, uh, oh, yeah. and Geraint Wynn Davies and... Uh, the, the chick. The girl. Yeah, and uh, it starts with a D. Anyway, then the other chick, yeah, Nat, like Nat and and uh, and Jeanette. If they could get all those, I would pay good money to go. Like I almost paid good money oh, to go yeah. meet uh, uh, Casper Van Diem and uh, uh, Diz from Starship Troopers. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, I could go. And then I was like, you know what? They're gonna just they they, they have had <laughs> death from above. They have had so many people do that. They don't. They are not gonna I want. Don't know. My about that man stupid ass showing I, up and doing I that i don't know buddy yeah maybe i don't know i just felt really weird about it and i was like well i got kids and my kids aren't gonna stand in line while i go get my picture taken with with the starship troopers people so i it, gave up on that really, idea you know heather and i were not at this but mon- i'll get a sitter to go get my picture taken with Grant <laughs> when oh well dude, or nigel bennett obviously right. i mean obvious obs right yeah totes obs <laughs> but uh uh, Heather and I were at this, at this horror con just like uh, a few months ago, and like a lot of these guys are like super grateful for for the fans. You know, some of them are kind of like mad right. get, get out of my face, but some of them, dude, are super like grateful. David Prowse or whatever, I've heard he's always kind of kind of salty. Who's he again? Darth Vader. Oh right, no, yeah. I met that guy. Yeah. That guy's a fucking asshole. Yeah, I hear he's super salty. I met but that Peter guy. Peter Mayhew, I hear, is great. And Mark Hamill, I hear, is great. I fucking met Darth Vader back in the goddamn 90s before they even made the goddamn prequels, and he was a complete shithead. Yeah. Anyway, fuck, we're so off our You should never meet your idols, though. Like, never meet your idols. The one guy who I met who was my idol who I would say I didn't have a bad experience with was uh, James O'Barr. Like, he's a totally nice guy. James O'Barr's a great guy. And I really liked meeting James sure. O'Barr, and uh, I wanted to give him a hug. He dude, just seemed dude, so sad. Dude, dude, listeners, can you tell that Am I are total nerds that we've devoted our entire lives to hanging out at, like, conventions and, like, meeting meeting the people who play Darth Vader and shit? Well, it sounds pathetic Jesus when you Christ. say it like that. Like, I no, mean, I'm just it... realizing we're going to put this on the internet. People are going to be able to hear this. Should I cut this out? No, it's not. <laughs> this is terrible. This is who we are. This <sighs> is the purest distillation of who we are. You gotta, you gotta live in truth. Yeah, and well. you have to, you have to, you know, distill yourself into your own essence. And if I, 
Chronicles I, of Wasted Time, my If friend. I was ashamed of this stuff, I probably wouldn't do it or I shouldn't do it, right? So I, I don't know, I'm not ashamed anymore. There was probably a period of time where I would have been, but now just, you know, I like the stuff I like. If you like other stuff or you don't like the stuff I like, that's fine. What, whatever. I'm not doing it to make you happy. Yeah. I'm doing it well, to make myself happy. Let's get back to this delightful so, episode. So, yes. Delightful episode of so, Forever Night. They we're, go... We're, we're introduced to the characters. Right. We get he's to meet been, the characters. He's been turned into a vampire. Yeah. Not really clear by who at this point, but then LaCroix comes in, right? Right. And we... And we, tells him it's time to feed. Yeah, and there's like... Because I'm so thirsty. Right, right. And there's like some subtitles. You don't right. see that anymore. Because they're speaking, in, speaking French. French. Yep. This is because this because this, this show is shot in French Canada. Right. So you're gonna there's gonna then be a bunch s- of that shit. It cuts to the museum, right, where they've got yeah, this, this uh, modern this nights now. Modern nights. So it's the museum, and all this stuff had to be shot on location because we didn't have CG and all this stuff back when they were making it. Right, so right. They shot inside a museum, and then and they cut really to this good. room that was basically a soundstage or whatever, and they had the jade cup in the yeah. glass case. The, the very clearly uh, prop porcelain, not jade at oh, all. Oh, dude, if that thing's jade made, if that thing, that thing looks like it's made of resin, dog. Yeah, it, it doesn't look to me like it's even made of porcelain. It, it looks was to me just like somebody, ceramic or whatever. Yeah, somebody it looked, like cracked. Somebody that made thing it out. in art class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks pretty bad. Really and then, bad. Uh, then the guard, oh, the guard gets attacked, and yeah. and then it, uh, then it cuts ahead. And and it cuts to the super great opening. That if if I can find it, I'm gonna put it in the right music. right here. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, such good music, such a classic. Just so, takes you right back. This, this this episode kind of revolves around the central character, which is Nicholas Knight. Yeah, Nick Knight, the, the vampire, vampire cop, um, patrolling the mean streets of what we think is Montreal. I'm like ninety percent sure this is it's, Montreal. It looks a lot they, like Montreal. They never really put the put a nose on it and say like those is Montreal, but like I, you see well, the they have the you see tower. the expo There's center like that, and you see the yeah, tower thing. And and you're the, like, well, it's got to be Montreal, right. right? I haven't looked at the Montreal skyline in a little bit, but I think it's Montreal, right? And uh, so they're looking for this serial killer. We find out there's a serial killer that people are thinking is a vampire. N- you know, Nick Nick is trying to like both solve the crime 
and make sure people don't find out about vampires. Right. So and he's he upholding he's upholding the masquerade. He is, and right he away. does it by dominating a reporter in a room full of cops. Like right there. Right there in front of everybody. Just boom, dominate. Yeah, just here we go, dominate. You should and go he, home. And he uses like what you should go home. So yeah. like at least two words. Right. So that's like more level than, three. That's, yeah. yeah, that's 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 high high level dominate. Yeah, so he compels her to leave and then he goes back and asks about the the drained guard is there any blood in the corpse and then that's when you meet his rival slash uh comrade don yeah. skanky who is played by the janitor from breakfast club uh john capelos and this had what this had gone completely over my head all these years right. adam pointed this out to me tonight it's really uh refreshing to see uh him in this because everybody mm-hmm. loves him in breakfast club he's such a great character he's a great character actor he's, a good actor. he's been in a bunch of stuff I mean, I'm probably in, in Canada, right? <laughs> uh, a bunch of stuff in America, too. Really? He's been in a bunch of different movies. I saw him in something not too long ago, too, and I was like, hey, it's Skanky. And my wife's like, what? And I was like, the janitor from The Breakfast Club. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, Gary Farmer is also in the show. Yep. Uh, uh, Native American dude. And so, mm-hmm. like, you know, Forever Nights way out in front uh, with the Native American as the police chief mm-hmm. and he plays kind of a bit of a weirdo police chief there's yep. there's a lot of scenery chewing going on in there's this a first ton episode. of scenery chewing going I mean, on in the first like, episode like, like nick knight man he is like overacting all yeah. over the place he can't he drink the tea spits it out yeah and, and uh, yeah you know, we, we learn that he's trying to become human again and the, apparently that's in the title sequence though well, they talk yeah, about that like, but they also discuss the it with exposition with the coroner it's chick. true yeah there is a ton of exposition that goes on with the coroner where he's going into the backstory of this cup that was stolen which right. we later find out there's this idea there's two of them there's you two. see him immediately after it, it cuts to him and he's drinking blood from this cup from so the it's jade like, cup is he the guy who killed the janitor because you we know he's a vampire he might be. And he's got the jade cup, there, and he's drinking from it. There's well, also you, maybe a shot when the original jade cup is being stolen of a leather jacket. Mm-hmm. And Nick Knight, by this point, has shown a propensity for like leather bad jackets. leather jackets. Yeah. So yeah. and blousy uh, like shirts, this very weird, blousy kind of shirts. Kind of like pirate shirt, but, but also, not quite. It but doesn't also have the lacy shirt. cravat to it. It's it just doesn't. Got the, it's just. But it does have the billowy arms. It, ha- it has small 90s collars. Right, and small like, 90s collars, and it buttons all the way up. And so... <laughs> yeah, of course. Then you find out, yeah, he's got... he. Uh, there's these, like, street kids that he's very concerned about that he yeah. wants to keep safe because apparently uh, transients have been getting killed by this vampire, too. Right. But you find out that the guy in the museum had two puncture marks in his neck, whereas the other people have a eight or a 10-centimeter... <laughs> yeah. Centimeters? Cut. Yeah, centimeters. What? Very clearly done in Canada. We have we yeah. use the imperial system here in America <laughs> the way God intended. So, um, anyway, yeah, they had these, and so there's the, the other cups. You find out that it's a pair of cups. A pair and of the cups. idea is, if the blood goes back and forth between the cups, it can cure vampirism. But we learn this from a mousy, like uh, museum curator right, chick, who's '90s hot. She's, she's like, she's definitely she's '90s, 90s, '90s TV hot. Right. So 90s late late after hours TV hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's she's actually kind of a little bit weird looking. But if you were at any goth club in America, you'd be like, yeah. yeah. She's like she's a she's a gothic ten. Yeah. She's, or was it gothic eight? Yeah, club ten. Club club uh, club eight. Yeah, club eight. Yeah, she's not really yeah. like a club ten is Jeanette. Um, yeah, which we'll get into. Yeah, we'll in get a to that bit. soon. We'll get to that soon. Anyway, so then Nick has this like awesome moment where he like 
sneaks up on her because yeah. he he has scares some, her. Yeah, just some juvenile ideas. He's gonna yeah. do like a boo thing, and the <laughs> yeah. like, like, whoa, yeah. oh, hold me. And she, that, that's yeah. her first response. Yeah. Hold me. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean, and then they so they start doing. Like make out, like making museum. out in the museum, and then Nick gets behind her and is holding her. Dude, and then so he, creepy. And then he's just like smelling her neck, and his eyes do that. He gets the yellow contact <laughs> lenses in, and then the fangs come out. And I can't do this. He's the creepiest dude. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just we learned nothing from television about how to be a boyfriend when we <laughs> when we were oh, growing. We learned up. how to be a bad boyfriend. We learned how to be like really sketchy fucking <laughs> yeah, dudes, creepy. man. Yeah. Such sketch, sketch, yeah. sketchy oh, guys. Oh, and to back up a little bit. She finds a picture in one of her right. books of the of the first expedition to for these cups. Right. And Nick is in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, she blows it up on, yeah. a, on a photocopier real yeah. big. Yeah. And, and, she, and, and she's looking like, at it. She's kind of like got this look on her face like, yeah. hmm. Could this be the same guy hmm. as this vampire They cop? look exactly the same. Yeah. Only he's got like a period hat on. Yeah. Like he's got the, yeah, the cowboy period hat. hat and the, yeah. And, and a much better shirt, surprisingly, and some suspenders. And, 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 yeah. a, and a surprisingly clear like photograph. For, right. Like, for that time period. A very, a very good photograph yeah yeah so then uh there's some other stuff going on like right. with the 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 vampires killing more yep. people Skanky's made his partner he eats a piece of raw garlic and breathes it in nick's face and nick kind of uh, he like almost faints yeah. and it's kinda, there's a bunch of like kind of like derp a derp kind of yeah. vampire shit going on uh-huh. um and then uh uh nick comes to the idea that he's gonna have to read because he's at this point it's been sort of established that he's like a good vampire man right we keep he's, getting these these he's trying to regain to his Paris. humanity and he, yeah. he he clearly is like he's like he's kind of like angel who would follow many years later he's like the he's the repentant vampire and uh so then it he has to descend into the vampiric underworld in order to figure out what's well, going first, on first he's got to stop the guy <laughs> apropos of oh, nothing God. and out of nowhere there's this guy with this yeah. uzi who just <laughs> starts like murdering people just, in this tenement like chinatown and yeah he's like, and, like just... nick has to show up and he speaks you know the their language and finds out where this guy is and then him and skanky go up to stop him so they're on either sides of this door in yeah. this very crappy apartment and the guy just starts lighting it up so what I learned from that that I didn't know is drywall stops submachine gun bullets, which <laughs> Dude, was good to know. It's it's the most it's 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 completely weird. It's kind of, it's it's completely '90s action where mm-hmm. it's like this like white dude in a trench coat with like this full automatic yep. handgun yelling and he's, crazy he's stuff. He's just like waving it around in the air, like yep. shoot, shooting just huge torrents of bullets. Yeah. So Nick goes around the back and then he does his terrible flight thing oh, where he like flies, yeah. kind of Superman flies it's up really to the window, grabs him out of the window. Yeah. Which his partner kind of sees, but kind of doesn't. And then, yeah, they got to go talk to the chief about that. And Genki's like, yeah, he said a vampire, like, knocked him out. He said it was a vampire. Yeah. And the chief is going, well, there's no such thing as vampires. And right. So. They're, they're, like, right away, they're trying to get Nick in trouble with all this stuff. So. Right. So and he, then he starts his underworld investigation. He goes which is to. my favorite part of the well, episode. Well, dude, it, all right. And the reason it is so great is because of the way that this this club that he goes he goes to this club called the Raven, Raven. Mm-hmm. and and the way that it is shot is just so gorgeous. If you ever went to a goth club in the 1990s, like 
the way that the raven is shot will basically make you weep for the past. Right. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, it, very much so. I was always trying to find a club that was like the raven every time. Anytime I tried to go somewhere, so then yeah. you get uh, Jeanette, Jeanette leaning up against the bar, yeah, and wearing uh, a choker, it's like which, velvet choker. Why did those ever go out of fashion? Oh man, they're so because, hot. because they hate us. Apparently, they're so hot. It looks so good. Oh my god. And she's all lacy, and her hair's done up, and she's got the glass of blood that she's mixed drinking. Mixed with wine. Mixed with wine. Oh. My bartender thinks I'm a lush. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and Do Nick you is want like, some? And she holds it under his nose and kind of swirls it around. Nick's all tortured. He's, like, pretending like he's, like, like too good for all this stuff. But mm. you can tell there's, like, a lot of chemistry in between them. There's a lot of stuff being left unsaid. And, yep. And, uh... Uh, <laughs> then he does that very 90s thing where he kind of grabs her. Yeah, he's got to grab Tell her. me where he is because he's, like he's trying to find LaCroix. And like then the bouncer comes her. up and grabs him and we have a problem here. Like like homie's wearing a bola tie. Right. Like so great. Like, yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> completely like Pulp Fiction. Yep. Um, and uh, as as Nick walks away from having like found out that like this mysterious guy who we kind of can infer is is his is, maker is a sire Lacroix. Yeah. yeah, Jeanette gives him this like smoldering look. As oh he my walks god, away. she looks like she's like just gonna like rip his clothes off. Yeah, like, I wish there was a woman who looked at me like that. Well, you, you keep in mind yeah. she's looking at his back like that. I know. So you true. don't know. I don't know. It's you possible know. that all of them do, and I exactly. just don't know. You could just be going through your life like breaking all these hearts, and all these women are like reaching for no, you with their smoldering do. eyes. None of them do. You don't know. I I I will tell you what. I should just get a GoPro. And put <laughs> <on my> <laughs> <just> <laughs> yeah, here's get the, the feeling there'll be a lot of like curled sneers and. <laughs> or like looks of relief yeah like oh, like <sighs> yeah just wiping <sighs> the sweat from the brow thank god he's gone which oh was a nice touch when he woke up from his nightmare oh and yeah. had the blood sweat on his brow he had, had jesus blood yeah he'd like like oh I've been, yep. I've been dreaming so hard that blood's coming out of my face yeah and then a gnat came to see him and he says oh, turn, close uh, the blinds yeah man i'm just yeah. gonna drink blood out of I'm a bottle, blood out of bottle oh, like i'm a blood junkie i just blood can't alcoholic. stop being a vampire oh yeah. the trying so hard there's, he's overacting so bad he's <laughs> oh, like he's so like, great he's like the most gothic dude it's it's awesome so then so, yeah she doesn't even tell him where really where LaCroix yeah. is it's he's driving <laughs> around listening to the radio in a complete coincidence switching through the channels yeah. and then he hears the night crawler the night, the night crawler is waiting for you and Wait, so and it's LaCroix and it's LaCroix and it's, then his, La- it's LaCroix and he's ah oh, my good friend Nicholas yeah. I was hoping to find you he starts <laughs> playing like, him the song play, well, that he was playing on this fiddle thing on the night that he drained the woman that we saw earlier the big yeah. chesty French woman and right. then uh and Nick and, has uh, some flashbacks to yeah. boobs. He's and like he imagining. almost runs into yeah. the to other car. He almost gets in an accident. It's and then because the the two white lights from the headlights remind <laughs> him so much of heaving, yeah, really, heaving yeah. bosoms. Yeah. He just went for them. Yep. And then you get back, and it's the night crawlers waiting for you. And it's just and then Nigel says, Bennett and so to yeah, be dude, it's a, to be continued. And it's uh, the Forever Night font is so '90s and mm-hmm. so awesome. There's never been a better font since the Forever Night font. It all you font really makers great. just quit. You should yeah. just go just home. Ariel, Havetica, all that nonsense. Just throw it out. Just out. write everything in the Forever Night font out. forever. Forever Night font. Yep. For all but the stuff. A lot of the camera work, I thought, because I've been watching all these old-ass episodes of Star Trek Next Generation, mm-hmm. and for like the first two seasons of Star Trek Next Generation, it's just like uh, 
just like these straight on like A B shots. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It isn't until you get till season three that they actually start kind of playing with angles well, a little bit. Well, it was very bit. interesting because I noticed when you were in the club, the camera was tracking Jeanette's eyes a lot. Like wherever mm. she would look, the camera would go to. So whenever she was looking oh, at the other right. patrons, it would cut to yeah. that patron kind of looking back at her, giving her these like demure kind of coy looks. But but, but we 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 kind of overlook the fact that um, the mousy uh, uh, curator was following Nick in the club. That's true. She so, followed him to the club, not in the club. She followed. No, no, him there. she was in the club. Oh, was she in the she club? She comes out after. Oh, because you're we're right. supposed to, we're, we're given this stalker I totally missed vision. That. You're right. We're, yeah. we're given this stalker vision in the club, and we're thinking like, oh, the vampire is there, and right? And, 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 she, and, and it's, it's her. It's her. Yeah, you're right. Surprise! Spoilers, yeah. guys. Um. And then it's to be continued. So we got so next episode we'll tell you how we feel about the next one. We'll tell so, you how so, it ends. So what what uh how'd you feel about it, man? How'd you feel about the episode? It it, it was great watching it again. It was it was a nostalgia blast. Yeah. Um, it was I, a lot better than I remembered. It was a lot better than I remember it. Uh, Jeanette is pretty much exactly, well, I didn't really have to remember her. I've got her on some devices, like pictures. <laughs> but uh, like, chokers are awesome. Let's let's do that again, please. Um, um, Nick Nick's leather jacket game is terrible. It's he, really bad. That other jacket he wore, the, the longer one. Oh, was... he's wearing this terrible duster. Yeah, and then point. Nat has that weird, oh. like, kind of knitted, multicolor monstrosity. That yeah. I was like, what is going on here? It, the only one who looks okay was Skanky. Who was very much in the old school, like, classic, he, like, rumpled London <laughs> fog kind of <laughs> rumpled up trench coat. It, it is. It is upon. Lacroix to save everyone from themselves as usual yeah. by being the awesomest person in the whole fucking show. Exactly, you he know? is the best part of that show. He he's he's just like the winner and still champion. You love him and you hate him. Yep. Lacroix he's, forever, dude, forever. Even to the yeah, it just he is. Oh, the I best. wish I wish they'd done a spinoff of just of Lacroix. Lacroix. Yeah, his adventures, his yeah. subsequent. Well, I don't know. He's um, kind of monstrous, though. That probably would have been a little hard to sell at that time, but yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was great. But I, I think big ups to Nigel Bennett, like for doing such a great job. Such with that a character. great job with a with a with a subculture character. Um, I, I think it was great that they started the show in twelve twenty eight, because by that point, by the time the show comes out, it takes place in the early nineties, obviously. Right. Um. So Nick is seven hundred years old and change, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of cool. You that's usually really neat. you usually see vampires that are. You know, we'll probably do a lot of comparing and contrasting to the to the loathsome yet also simultaneously awesome kindred the embraced. Um, like the vampires in that show are like really young by comparison. Right. They're like nothing. You know, they're Except like for the prince. The prince was kind of old, but dude, he was about the only one. Dude, wasn't he like three hundred or four hundred or something? Yeah, I think it was something like. Didn't he say? Because in the first episode of Kindred the Embraced, his last remaining grandchild dies or something. Really? And that guy is like was like in his eighties or something. So he's outlived two So he's only a couple hundred years yeah, old. He's only a couple hundred years old. He's the Prince of San Max. Francisco. Yeah. There's no there's no real sense of kind of like old world gravitas to Kindred the Embraced. Yeah. Whereas this one starts off right away where these are all like elder characters. Right. You know, like right from away. the dark ages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, twelve twenty eight. What the fuck was going on in Europe in twelve twenty eight? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. From Rome. He has to be. He's he's. Well, he I mean, I he is from Rome. Right. I remember that. So yeah, it's well, he's. 
Well, damn it, Adam. <laughs> damn, yeah. I told you I love that show. No, yeah, he's true. he's ancient, as I recall. He's really ancient. So, yeah, and it's cool, man. I, that was one of the things that was great about the early World of Darkness stuff that I think obviously influenced. I don't, I don't think World of Darkness influenced this show. I think this show influenced World of Darkness because yeah, I, well, this show came out like, in '92. Like, they're like concurrent, right? They were pretty close to concurrent, like because first edition Masquerade was right around that time. Yeah. So I think these drank from the same well as far the, as inspiration. The Anne Rice well. The Anne Rice well, saying. and the yeah. So I think they were they were very clearly inspired by the same. Source the sunglasses after dark and the Anne Rice, uh, the Nancy and, A. Collins yeah, material, the Nancy A. Collins and and all of those and and you know, it, yeah, some of the more modern take on vampires because there's there's probably I I would say there's some Lost Boys and some Near Dark in there with the leather jackets and the yeah and the way that it was kind of riffing on sort of like what was then the sort of nascent goth culture I guess. Right. What, well, what, no, because goth what, was. Like I remember my cousins being goth like back in the eighties because that, that was, was the Cure and Susie Sue and, and that shit was Bauhaus deep underground though. You know? It still was underground, but like it, it, I don't know that it was ever not underground. <laughs> it's I don't know that there was ever a time when goth was very mainstream. It's mainstream now. They've got that fucking character on NCIS or whatever that's like the goth oh, chick. My, that's how my parents relate to goth. Like, they became so much more kind of understanding of, like, my weird life once they started watching NCIS. Really? Because they're like, oh, you're like Gabby, kind yeah. of. I mean, seriously. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. You're like, exactly. All right. Yeah, I get, yeah dude. Sure. I mean, there's worse people to be compared to, I guess. Because for the longest time, I mean, it was those kids in Florida who killed their parents. Yeah. And then... um the Columbine kids and just like right. Marilyn Manson. And it was just, it was hard to get a word in edgewise with the dominant right. picture of the goth subcultures being these, you know, violent deranged weirdos. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess one of the things that I think is so cool is the idea that you see in the old masquerade stuff and that they had completely like whitewashed out by the time you got to, um, Third edition or second edition revised or whatever the, we want to call the, the it. The revised edition right. is that like oh there's these very old um, vampires who are like elders, but they are like street level characters right. who like oh I wear like a beat up motorcycle jacket and I smoke cigarettes and I like listen to punk music you know what I'm saying yeah, like Jeanette like, lighting up the clove <laughs> yeah but they but they got it rid of all that so that all the like so that all the super ancient characters were like hanging out in secret temples and there was that guy who like was on his like his train that went all over the world with like nuclear weapons on it so he could never be traced and all this other yeah, shit. Yeah, the ones that they didn't do that with though were parodies because you had like Anatole and Beckett and Lucita who were these elder characters yeah, who were like, well, we're going out and doing oh, stuff. That was like was a different like, problem though. Their problem was that they, those were those were somebody's player character at one point. Yeah. And then they and then they took on this life of their own and people wanted to like leave their mark on well, the world Well, there really is that thing is it's, you know, is Lestat going to be a rock star? Is that a thing that's going to happen in your world of darkness? Why you know, not? I think that's cool. Yeah, it, I know it sat with a lot of fans of the wrong with a lot of fans of the books. Like they did not like the one where a stat was a rock star. Isn't, isn't that Queen of the Damned? That was Queen of the Damned. Well, the movie Queen of the Damned. I never read all of those books. I read yeah, Interview, yeah. and that was the only one I ever read. And I think I read Servant of the Bones, but, like, but that wasn't about vampires. Like but, Lombok, man. Lombok is 
straight out of he's he's like fucking Lacroix. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's like this dude. He's like a sad sack Lacroix, but he's 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 a sad sack Lacroix. Mm-hmm. But but he's Lacroix the same idea. Seems to he's be like, oh, enjoying I'm, himself. I'm super fucking old, and I'm like just hanging out in New York, mm-hmm. you know, in like a, a bar, regular dude with Black Death rum, and exactly, yeah. you know. Anyway, so I'm looking our, forward to watching more of it. Oh, dude, I, I can't I'm, wait. I'm very excited. I had so much fun. All right, cool. We'll take a little break. A little break. We'll do a little musical interlude. When we come back, we'll talk about what we're supposed to actually talk about. So yeah, if you want to skip these sections in the future. Musical interlude will be yeah, your key but, to do but, but you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to listen to so this. Fucking, Come on the journey with us. So fucking it's great. It's going to be a journey. All right, we'll be back in just a second.
And we are back with the main event, the main course. Yeah. The, uh, the vitae, <laughs> as it were. So all this uh, watching Forever Night has you and I kind of like jazz for v- multimedia vampires, yes, am I right? Yes, multimedia vampire. And it seems like when CCP bought White Wolf and even the new White Wolf, that that's the direction that they're going in. They want to be a yeah. multimedia company. And they well, this is played paradox. with it. You mean paradox? Paradox. Well, par- yeah. CCP wanted to make the the MMO, and now paradox. Yeah, the new the new owner, paradox. Right. They want to get back to being multimedia because they kind of played around with it back back when we were doing it. They had the novels. Yeah. Um, and they had Kindred the Embraced. Kindred the Embraced, the TV uh, show. They had that delightful compact disc. Uh, music from the Succubus Club. There was that. There was the WWE character Gangrel that no. they had for Is a while. Is that a real thing? There was a WWE character called Grang- Gangrel. I shit you not. He was a vampire, and he was from the World of Darkness. No way. Yes. Oh, way. that's terrible. It's terrible. You'll have oh, to look it up. It's no. awful. I don't want to look that, that up. But it was a thing that happened. It was a thing that happened. And then they had the video game. There was Darkstalkers versus the World of Darkness. Um, that was that fighting game. Do you remember Darkstalkers, the fighting game? I remember Darkstalkers. They I had one that was World of Darkness. Like a cabinet game? Yeah, like a cabinet that game. That was in an arcade. That was in an arcade. Who did you fight? Like Theo Bell? Um, it was just a bunch of like, uh, there was a bunch of, I don't even know because I didn't really play it. I saw it and I just remember seeing it and being offended that it existed. That's super offensive. Um, I hate it. Yeah, I, I didn't like it, so I never played it. But it had Morrigan and all these other things and they kind of conflated the World of Darkness with the Darkstalkers world. Never really played it, but found it offensive. Just kind of, I don't know. I was in that, like, after Heisa. Uh, I'm too cool for this kind of phase. So didn't really want to do too much with it. I mean, They've had like, two video games, too. There were the... Bloodlines and... Bloodlines and the other one. Um, this is Bad Fantasy Masquerade or whatever, right? Right. And they weren't bad games. They weren't good vampire games um and then there was the thought they were going to do a werewolf game and some other stuff that never really came to fruition they had a hunter game for oh god i played that playstation or xbox (laughs) that i bought that for gamecube it was really boring it was really bad um yeah and so they've done a bunch of multimedia stuff and it looks like they're going to do multimedia stuff in the future and there's a new underworld movie coming out which um that series to me, has always very clearly been heavily influenced by... Well, it's kind of like a big, giant, like, snake consuming itself. Am I right? Yeah, like, it's the Aruberos. It's, yeah. it's, you know, eating its own tail. So like, where, do, where do all of in, the uh, references end? Where They're all clearly inspired by the same stuff. Yeah, the uh, the World of Darkness would not exist if, it, if they hadn't stood with, like, one foot on the shoulder of, of Anne Rice and the other foot on the shoulder of Nancy A. Collins. Right. You know, and then um, and yeah, all of the vampire movies from the '80s and all of that. that yeah, very clear influences there. I, th- I and then but I think it's in turn influenced a lot of stuff. Oh well, absolutely, and and Underworld is definitely one of them mm-hmm. to the point that the they were litigated, or they they litigated they litigated against the release of the original Underworld right. movie, claiming copyright infringement. Now at the time, I wasn't following it closely enough, but I um. I was under the impression that they were litigating on behalf of their role-playing material, mm-hmm. but um, Heather was telling me, some based on some trivia that she read online, that they were actually uh, litigating on behalf of Nancy A. Collins 
Oh, who they, was under contract who, to them. Exactly. They were publishing her books at that point under White Wolf Publishing. And they were saying, oh, this is too close to Sonya Blue. And you're ripping okay. off you're ripping off the Sonya Blue material. Right. So that's fascinating. Yeah, that that was a different kind of look at it. When I when I because I thought when I watched that movie, I only I was like, this is just lifted straight out of World of Darkness. Right. So they're like fucking very clearly vampires versus werewolves. Yeah. The whole aesthetic, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of the the kind of like us versus them kind of mentality. The way that it was at that point, it was so over the top. Right. You know, <laughs> Celine looking like she stepped out of a fetish club. You're just. I, I I feel like I mean, if you go back and you watch the original Underworld movie mm-hmm. at this point, it's very clear that it's incredibly heavily influenced by the Matrix. And there's yes. a, there's, there's 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 um some transitions that they l- just stole straight out of the Matrix. They just like lifted it right off the screen and put it in. Yep. And and that's that's kind of ugly. But um, I don't. Th- Apparently, one of the guys who wrote it is like a big role player dude. And Interesting, didn't know that. Yeah, and so I, I just don't see it as being possible that he was somehow like he was, was unaware. Well, right. I just didn't know because with the Matrix, I could see the Wachowskis not knowing anything about Mage. Um, I right. can buy that. Right, that's not too far of a stretch. But Underworld, to me, just with the way that the characters were presented, yeah. and the way that they looked, and the whole, yeah aesthetic and the feel and that kind of weird over the top violence felt very world of darkness to me it did it did especially the first one the second one as well mm-hmm. and then it just descended into that, that whole franchise just insanity, it yeah. just became madness yeah like, i kind of tapped out at that point the other one that i think they probably were watching a lot of vampire was blade um the first the first couple the first couple because uh, the second one was guillermo del toro right it was yeah and it felt very world of darkness to me it felt very yeah. vampire the masquerade um just the look the feel the yeah. overall and that was the 90s too that was that whole that, that was, just was the that look. the 90s that was, well i i it was that 90s no, look no, of all the was, black leather and everything because it yeah, was early 2000s early when 2000s they yeah yeah but it was that was the dominant look at that time of yeah that yeah. had been brought up around it was I mean, oh thing, yeah we're gonna have the guys in the black leather trench coats and the katanas and i'm pretty i'm pretty certain that Blade and The Matrix came out in the same year, and um, they're yeah, they, and they both they've got to be pretty close to each other. Yeah, they both have, they both have like slow motion bullet time type stuff in them. I, I I'm I don't really think that one influenced the other. I think they were both just kind of tripping on the zeitgeist. Well, I mean, because we we took film writing classes together and we, yeah, we that was one of the things did. that came out of that was you know movies tend to come out in batches like that yeah. very similar ideas go around hollywood at the same time gain traction at the same time and you'll get very similar movies one right after yeah. the other covering the same subject matter no it's true that is true um so the first the first blade movie I just absolutely loved. You and I it saw is, it together in the theater. Yeah, and remember? it is a classic of the genre. Oh, so good. God. Uh, I that, think it holds up really well. Ancient Council, mm-hmm. Deacon Frost. Uh, Deacon Frost spouting his very Sabbat kind of doctrine. Yeah, his very vampire supremacy kind of doctrine. Mm-hmm. The like, ghouls and everything. Just the over-the-top violence of Blade. Yeah, yeah. Whistler, you know, the, just a great film. Just a really fun film to watch. It feels a lot like kind of like New York by night. I feel like when you're watching it, I, it always vibed as New York by night. But I think that when the, I think the last time I watched it, 
I think I was like, oh shit, this is L.A. I think that whole thing was filmed in L.A., which is hilarious. Yeah, I could be wrong. It's a fun film, and I really like that one. I didn't care for any of the subsequent outings nearly as much as I enjoyed that first one. You know, uh, agreed. First, I mean, there's no there's no getting around that. However, uh, I recently rewatched the uh, sequel with Heather. Yeah, the second it's, one. It's um, it's much better than I remembered. Like I remembered as being a complete piece of shit, but I remember being frustrated almost from the get go that they had brought uh, Whistler back. Yeah, in, like, that was the a most huge contrived fashion possible. That was so dumb. Just really bad. And yeah, I was. I, that immediately kind of snapped me out of the movie to where I was like, yeah. I. Had, it was like when Ian Malcolm showed up uh, in the second Jurassic Park or whatever. Or, or in the movie when he when he showed up in the movie at the end he didn't get killed because I had read the book before oh, okay. I was like he's dead he died and then he shows up in the Lost World book I was like how is this guy alive in this book he died very clearly dead in the first book mm. and Michael Crichton did this hand wavy thing of like oh he got better and I'm just like he didn't get better <laughs> he is dead yeah yeah it was it, it really undercut the um like is John Hammond gonna get better because he got eaten in the first book too yeah it, it was it, it undercut the premise mm-hmm. it, and and it really I think it did not do service to the character yeah you know the char- the character makes a kind of valiant last moments on screen right even though I, he's, like, he's I like a fan favorite character but like yeah he was on. cool but it's just i didn't need him back i liked no. the um well plus they got rid of the hematologist from the first one very like very no, that's that, kind that's, of a trope in yeah, those movies exactly. like the, the love interest never makes it she back never in shows outings. back up and that was kind of weird but i remember not liking the villains when i saw it but then you're right when i rewatched it i didn't find them near as offensive those you, vampires with the jaws that separate and everything oh those guys are the shit yeah they're really cool those guys i remember not liking cool. them at the time but then i was like oh it's cool there's still some hokey parts like where the one guy the eye and it's like blinking it's just the little segment of his head left i don't remember that part he got turned into one of those things oh, and they, okay and it was just like that little segment of his head is left and his eyes like looking around blinking and the, it, the it part was... that really bothered me is when they go into like the big vampire rave mm-hmm. and this big vampire rave Right, and they're like, and they're like walking with all these guns, and it's like the the blood pack or whatever, and they're mm-hmm. like, they're like, we're gonna find these fucking crazy Nosferatu vampires here, and then he's like walking with guns, and yeah. like nobody's even looking at him yeah. twice. Yeah. They look like they're like a fucking execution murder squad, and nobody, yep. like you know, and then and then they just start like blasting fools. Right, and it's like, uh, in the middle of a crowded room, you think that they would have some sense of self preservation, you know? I mean, yeah. anyway. Um, you know who's in that movie? That's kind of that was the, the weird, that blew my mind. Kind of is is remember they had the Whistler replacement, whose name is Scud, and uh-huh. he's like this kind of like almost kind of uh, juggalo kind of like white boy listens to rap too much kind of character, right. and he's played by Norman Reedus. Of all people, really? Yeah, that's Norman Reedus. Oh man, like, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, because I know Ron Perlman's in it. Ron Perlman's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the classic uh, uh, Del Toro fixture, right? And then Norman Reedus is in there. Oh. One of his like earlier roles, and you're like, oh wow, I I found this character so loathsome and contemptible <laughs> the first time I watched it, and then you really don't like him anymore the second uh-huh. time. He's, right. he's, he's written it with a, a huge anti charisma, but it's kind of cool because I mean he fits the role perfectly. Right, it's exactly the right look. I mean he's he's taken that look and made it into his trademark. It had a great look. Like that's the one thing Del Toro did exceptionally well was the look oh, and yeah. the design was amazing yeah um and that yeah. fight in the sewer was really cool yeah that um, was cool 
But yeah, I don't know. The ending was just kind of. Oh, man. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That I didn't care bad. for the ending. Whereas I really like the ending of Blade One, where Deacon Frost turns into the blood yeah, god, and then he like, exactly. stabs him with the anticoagulant stuff, and then he blows up or whatever. Some like, motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. uphill. Yeah. <laughs> Even <laughs> like the whole he flips it and then he kicks it and it goes into yeah, his forehead. Yeah, it goes into his. Yeah, well, just... yeah that can't be. <laughs> Even but, that but can't good. be cheesy, but it was still worked, you yeah. know? With yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. With the, with the way that they had set that character up, it worked. It still worked. I like that movie. I like that movie a lot. Movies. And I forgive it its excesses because of that. The vampire sunscreen, your mascara's running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, ooh. And then they're already, they have the, the motorcycle helmets on. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's going to save us. Yeah. There's just so much brutality in that film, though. When that, when that ghoul comes back to him after Blade beats him up and he just bites him, drinks his blood, and throws him into the, into the fountain. Yeah. Yeah. The cop guy. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's good. It's a good movie. That's a lot of I, fun. I even liked the kind of like weird sandstone chamber that they had that was like full of the like botched oh, embraces. The, yeah, and the the little they put him in the sarcophagus and the blood leaks out and follows yeah. little trails and Oh where yeah, that was is. cool as yeah, shit. That was super cool. There's a lot of uh scenery design from those movies that I have just fucking wholesale ripped off mm-hmm. in my vampire games. The the aesthetic and the look and the feel and the tone, I was full in it. Full on into all that. That was classic World of Darkness. Today. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, the the kind of like color palette from the first one is also mm-hmm. very subdued, right? And uh, there's something about it's very a lot a lot of very cool textures. So that by the so that by the end when you get to the temple and there's all these very warm temp textures, like. It just for something about it just feels so much right. more mythological, you know. Right, and you had all that weird stuff with pearl and the. Oh the, yeah, the the green, the, the green glow. Yeah, kinda. the text that was in the, yeah. the whatever they called that, the vampire Bible, very clearly oh, supposed to be the book of Nod. I can't remember what it was called. Oh but yeah, it was all in those glass cases. Yeah, and... dude, I I have ripped that off for the book of Nod yep. so many times because because like like once you saw that design, mm-hmm. it was just. To me, there was no other way to do it. It's just right. so so great. And I had so Whistler's great. best moment. Did I catch you fuckers at a bad time? And just yeah, just, that was good. That was they good. Kept, they got Blade surrounded, and he's just <laughs> they, pearl. Try to die with some dignity. They, they have the um that that dude with like the weird face who's in who's like the character actor, and he's like mm-hmm. the, he's like the vampire prince kind of. Remember? Yeah. He's like he's like. Like, uh, you can frost, stop breaking the masquerade. That guy, yeah, he's in it too. <laughs> I mean, this is it's almost it's almost a perfect little film. Donald really Logue, well once done. again, yeah. Donald Logue, Donald Logue in a great character acting role. Anyway, it's a, it's a lot of fun, and yeah, and then there was the underworld films after that. Yeah, the first yeah. one was fun, first second one, one was okay. Second one has that, that really like deeply erotic sex scene. Yeah. I, I usually don't like respond to sex scenes uh-huh. in movies, I find them. This, uh, kind of creepy and and voyeuristic and yeah, off-putting. Yeah, and I'm just like, am I supposed to be getting like a boner like in the theater? Like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of weird. Like, yeah. why would I want that for myself? Yep. But like, I understand that like, there's a segment of the population yeah, that goes for it. Well, I mean, there's the, the, this question of like art and representation. So mm-hmm. usually I'm like, well, I don't really care for it. But then in that movie, I was just like, yes, more of this, please. I mean, it's just like it's just it's just very. I mean, I, very very well done. Yeah. Very well done. It was a fun movie. I like that movie. It was good. Yeah, yeah. The se- the third then, one. Then I mean, what's after that? The th- wait, after the second one? No, I mean after kind of those underworld films. That's World what, of tra- Darkness. There's well, not all right, really a dude. ton. Then you kind of get well, into well. We those... had the craft. There was the craft the... in there somewhere. That yeah, was World that of Darkness. That was yeah. Okay. You, Just we, from we, the look and feel, we, we and... go through these weird epochs where right. where where well, everything old is horror new again eventually. Is, 
Yeah, it, it kind of comes around because you have to remember, like, contem- I still really like the craft. That scene where they're on the beach with the dolphins. Oh it's yeah, an offering. No, you know, I I just watched that very recently. I thought it was quite yeah, good. Yeah, holds up I, really I, well. I thought it held up well. It was uh, the ending is a little dope. The ending is a little, meh, but the, everything that leads up to that's really yeah, good. I yeah. still like that movie. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a good film. Um. And then kind of like somewhere in there, like TV took over and stopped. Right. And it was, like uh, movies stopped being like the king of media anymore and moved over to television. And I think there was a lot of fatigue for that whole look and feel, you know, just in general. Because yeah. you had the Britney Spears come out and the Christina Aguilera and everything wanted to be kind of garish and poppy. and yeah. And you're getting kind of dark dystopian stuff again now with Hunger Games and Divergent and all of that stuff, but... I don't know if I necessarily would equate those things. I, I, it's there's no underground anymore. You know this idea of of underground culture. Underground culture is just because too easy to find anything yeah. that you yeah. think is underground. You can go online and find like a group dedicated to it of just people. You know, even the dark like weird stuff. It's Patton Oswalt talks about that. He's like even mm. like the most like dark, forbidden, taboo fantasy thing that you have sexually like someone out there that yeah. is producing a magazine dedicated to that <laughs> where they go out every month and they like put it out and the one he talks about it is like piss drinkers magazine you know and he's, he's like my grandfather had a dream and, yes, i mean he's, and he's not wrong it's yeah. it's very much that there's any subculture once it reaches critical mass is easy to find now. You don't yeah. have to dig for it. Like, yeah. I don't have to go look for because I used to have to hunt to find albums right. for, like, Bauhaus and the yeah. Sisters of Mercy. I had to special order things out of catalogs, like physical catalogs, like paper catalogs. And that was part of the fun. And that was part of the fun. And now I can go onto Amazon, and there's some guy, like, selling it out mm-hmm. of China, you know, or wherever, mm-hmm. or, you know, Canada, Europe, wherever it's from, and he'll just sell it to you. You're like, you just boop, and now it's oh, mine. Yeah. Everything is now pretty much it. instantly accessible at this right. point. You get all that stuff, print on demand, everything else. And so, yeah, that's the thing. You don't have to look for this stuff anymore. I don't have no. to go try no. to hunt down a copy of Dark Reflection Specters. I, I, I don't have to do any of that. I think that, well, you're right. There was definitely some fatigue, but, and I hate, I'm, I'm, I'm loath to mention this. I really don't want to spend any more time on this than necessary because it's all, everything that, that needs to be said has already been said. A thousand times ten years ago. So I'll just say this and we'll move on. Is we transitioned into the era of paranormal romance. And paranormal romance kind of ran the scene for like ten years. You know? And it started with those those books. And everybody knows the ones I'm fucking talking about. And that whole fucking thing became a thing. And then there was the TV show True Blood. And that was that started off kind of interesting. And then became... Did it? <laughs> very not interesting, like I, very yeah. quickly. You know, I remember trying to get into it, watching season one, and then just kind of, eh, I don't need to watch. But there's still other stuff, like the ultraviolet British television series. There's other series that come out that it, it just, that are darker, that have a darker tone or a darker bent. I mean, because they brought, I mean, they brought the X Files back. What for recently. a little bit recently? Yeah. So I think there's a, supposed to be a season two of that, isn't there? Maybe. I, I so clearly there's two. some kind of nostalgia for it, or there we may start seeing this stuff again. I mean, on a long enough timeline, everything circles back around again. In response to those books, mm-hmm. and then the subsequent films that they spawned, the CW put out that show, The Vampire Diaries, right? 
And then that yeah, turned into and they're supernatural. The, the 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 Vampire Diaries turned into this this spinoff that they have now called the Originals. And if you ever sit down and watch this, it's on Netflix. You can just put it on. Um, it's a world of darkness. It's mm. like 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 they kind of wanted to get away from the like vampires in high school thing, and it takes place in uh, New Orleans. And it's like these two. Uh, like elder vampires beefing over who's gonna be prince of the city. I mean, seriously, that's what the show is. It's like who's gonna be prince of the city. And then is it any good or is it bad? Uh, it's not right. to my taste. It's yeah, a little kind of CW soap opera. Right, Everybody see, looks a little bit kind of weird. And they're all kind of like they're both. They're always like too good looking in one way, but also sort of weird looking in another way. And they dress wrong. Right. But but other than that, they have some like cool shit in it. It ain't Buffy. Buffy, Buffy, which is another like you know WB type show, yeah, which I, I hated at the time. I rude it. Remember, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, pff, I, I never on watched Buffy. it just because it, wa- it wasn't for me. Because I had watched the original Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, the movie with yeah, Paul Rubens, that. and I just was I don't Mark care about this. Yeah, I just I didn't care but, about but it. Have you like, ever seen it though? What the television show? Yeah, I've seen episodes of it. I just but you never just sat down and watched it. No, I never just sat down and watched it. Oh man, it's really compelling. Yeah, I don't. And maybe it's good, and it's one of those things. I think it just came out at the wrong time for me. It just wasn't a thing that was on my radar, so I didn't pay any attention to it. It um, it builds its own mythology, and while that mythology in the beginning is very kind of cobbled together and, and, and slipshod, by the end of it is um, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's a great show. Now the spin-off Angel is to be avoided at all costs. It's terrible. There, there are people who will swear up and down that it's somehow quote unquote Josh better. Josh Whedon was always super hit or miss for me. Oh man, super hit or miss. He has really proven that over the long haul. Even like, in the movies, he's super hit or miss. Like yeah. as good as the first Avengers was, the second one, one was, sure wasn't. No, it was so boring. It was such a very boring movie. It was just a mess. It was atrocious. And then by the time they got around to the big reveal of the vision, I just didn't care anymore. Oh, God. I just wanted it to be over. Yeah, I, was like, I don't care. I, and, I checked and, out this movie about an hour ago. Yeah, so seriously. So if you could just wrap this up. Oh, we got another like hour to go? Yeah. All right, cool. It's like we need another. More CGI cartoons are going to fight each other. And I'm just like, yeah, wow. Robots I'm with lips. All right, cool. Let's keep going. Completely uninterested. Yeah, I was um, bored with it. When 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 Jeremy Renner started like walking around in his like in his uh flannel like <laughs> at his all, house like playing like, house husband or yeah. whatever yeah just, being oh, all like homespun guy yeah. or whatever I was like this is the worst. Cap is like chopping wood with his bare hands or whatever, yeah, yeah. <sighs> gripping it to pieces. Why are you? And why are you showing me this? Apparently, that is the scene that um Joss Whedon like. Like fought, dem- he he demanded it was in the the studio wanted to cut it out. And he's like he's like no, this is the scene that we need to turn these people into humans. And it's like, it's like really dog. He does like, such weird stuff sometimes. Like, could, just, could have done so much so much else yeah. with this. I remember trying to watch that Dollhouse show and just going, I don't, wow, I don't like, what is going on? Yeah, dude. Not I watched a fan. it based on the strength of uh, Firefly. So I really like Firefly, and I was like, okay, I'll but give it a shot. you hate Firefly. I liked Firefly. Firefly is so great. Yeah, I liked it. Great it was good. show. And so, I, yeah, that was the one of his that I really liked, and I was like, all right, I will give Dollhouse a shot based on the strength of that show. Right. And then I'm watching Dollhouse, I was like, this is like, bad. I couldn't, I couldn't get through the first episode of, Doll, of Dollhouse. It's so painfully I bad. I think I watched two or three episodes of it before I finally was just like, I, I had to tap out. I had to do the, yeah. the MMA submit. I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm out. You win. Yeah. Make it stop. 
So what do we what do we take from all of these things and apply to games? Because we we've we've talked for quite a while now. I think everybody's like sick of hearing yeah. our voices. I just the but we haven't talked much about for me games. Is the big is the big part of it? I think that time is coming near again, where that kind of media or that kind of aesthetic or that kind of uh, those kind of uh, nostalgia pieces are ripe for a comeback. I think. Because yeah, these things run in circles, right? Yeah. And I remember the 80s were the last thing that, that kind of came around. And we're at the point now where we're about, you know, coming on a li- like 20 years out from the 90s, right? Like the end of the 90s. Um, oh, God. Well, I don't know why you had to say that. that and was, so, <laughs> what are you trying to do? You want, yeah. me, you want me to like, just <laughs> run out gun? the window? Yeah. Just like, <laughs> jump out the oh window God, to my, my death? And I think that we're right around the time for that That. To be the thing that everybody's nostalgic for, because that '70s show was the uh, 2000s, right? No, that was I guess. Or was that the I can't '90s? Remember. '90s? And then the '80s thing kind of came around recently and went away. So I think the '90s are about to that no, that I, whole I, I, genre that that ethos is about to make a comeback. And well, I think if White Wolf times it right, they could really do a lot with that. But they're well, going to have to time it right and make partnerships to do it well they're gonna have to actually do it and we're gonna right. have to like see some we're gonna have to see something man right they're gonna I'm, have to actually put some skin in the game which they have not done for almost 10 years now well hang on hang on well, you're, you're 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 conflating um CCP. old white wolf right and with new, white, new wolf. white wolf i am you know? but I mean, it's the same intellectual property right yeah but with I, i'm not managers. saying the people who are running it now are responsible for what happened but there was a good period of time where nothing meaningful occurred under their banner and oh I'm yeah looking and forward forgot about to them. seeing white wolf come back and yeah, do too. it in a big way and i'd like to see them do it in a multimedia way and I'd like them to kind of do look you back wa- on. Do you relish the idea of a World of Darkness Netflix show? Be real, because that's that, that's what they want to do. They want to they want to do they want to do a TV show or they want to do movies. It depends on what they're looking to do and how they do it. If you're telling me it's going to be about a werewolf pack or whatever, pass. Don't care about that. Um, I I always thought they could have made a really cool Sabat show on HBO or something, but they just never got that off the ground they oh, never did man. anything but with. you the know the lore is so deep there's so really much they is. can do there and you know game of thrones is getting ready to be over mm-hmm. so they could um they could totes fill that void for the nerds right but the first thing they're gonna have to do is get some new material out that updates the source material and brings it into a modern era because nobody's going to want to watch something set in the 90s about no. vampires. They're going to no. want something in the modern era, and you're going to have to count for all the stuff like cell phones and drones and everything else. But How depressing. Would... That just sounds. That just doesn't sound interesting to me at all. I, I hate cell phones. I hate drones. I hate the surveillance state. <laughs> I don't think anyone likes state. it. It's We're very cyberpunk state, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very cyberpunk. We're talking about like gothic romance in the age of like Julian Assange, and it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. You know, doesn't doesn't work. It's not really gothic romance. I don't think vampire was ever gothic romance. It's gothic punk. All but 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 vampire stories themselves are are romantic. Some of them they're romance. Some of them are horrific, though. I mean, I don't think original Dracula was very romantic. It was. Well, it was. It was. was, I think it was part of the romance period. It was, but it was like that. It was hard to see 
the Dracula of the book as a romantic figure. He was just kind of this deranged, possessive but, but, uh, monster. The the story itself at the time was mm-hmm. considered to be like really risque and erotic, which I mean, like I understand that now it's unbelievably. Tame. Oh, I'm sure that coming in through uh, Lucy's window yeah, and, and all of that was her. Yeah, ravishing her Ooh. in her sleep and all that. I'm sure Ooh. that was very all a flutter. Oh, my yeah. God. Look out. Yeah, get my fan out so that I may not faint. I have the vapors. So. Yeah, exactly. And I could see that. But yeah, I, don't, I think they're, I think the wheel's about to turn again. And I think that they could be a part of it if they wanted to in a more meaningful way this time. Well, I think if they want to. It's just because it was always weird to me. They could never get a vampire thing together other than that Kindred the Embrace show. And that Kindred the Embrace show just doesn't really have anything to do with anything. Right. You're like, why in the name of God would they give this over to Aaron Spelling? This doesn't make any sense, you know? Have you watched that show recently? Oh, I didn't watch it when. Well, I I can't say that. I watched it when it came out. I haven't watched it since. So it's I have been it a on long DVD. time. Adam Salee sent over... Uh, yeah, I know he did. He I saw he posted on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, so I was watching it with Heather, and it was like both amazingly good and amazingly bad at the same time. Right. It was more like it has a character in it that's very similar to Nick Knight, like kind of like impetuous cop, mm-hmm. and he's played by... Uh, I can't remember this guy's name, but he's like the worst, and uh, you just hate him. He comes across like this like smarmy like teenager. He has these he has these kind of like teenager looks on his well, face. From what sometimes. I understand, there was going to be a season two until the guy who played the prince passed away in a car accident. So well, that was way after the show had been canceled, though. I think people really? were yeah. No, I thought there was still going to be a season two up until that point. I think that um they were the the lore as I recall, mm-hmm. which may you know what internet if I'm wrong I'm wrong, but um. It's my understanding that there was a fan base for the show that was very like Star Trek vociferous, right. and they were always trying to get this the it relaunched until the guy who played Julian Luna died. Oh, and, and then they said no. Yeah, it's no, not well, yeah, happen. ain't gonna, ain't gonna yeah. happen now because I guess because I guess you can't recast a role. You really need you really need the guy who played Julian Luna. Right, like he was, he was the he was the band. caliber. Yeah, he was the talent. <laughs> he was the top talent. Like what? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Just that. Okay. Well, what I really wanted to say to you is, do you remember this scene in like the first episode where like Julian Luna's like looking out the the front door to his house and he has this like glass pane that has like this like really shitty like frosted glass kind of etched picture of a wolf on it and his face is like right behind the wolf face <laughs> so it's like it's like he's a wolf oh, right Brodian. and it's yeah. like and it's like it's like it's like so dumb yeah. like who would do the nose like dude it's it's so over the top in like a bad way it's not like like it's we not, just watched the show with over the top though yeah but, it, but in a good way yeah it's still Different. over the top <laughs> <laughs> i think that was just part of that genre or I don't know people yeah. just can't seem to curb that impulse to do that kind of stuff when they're presented with that kind of material yeah Kindred the Embrace did have some amazing character actors in it the guy who played Daedalus has been in like everything he has as creepy cult guy he and then um Brian Thompson uh the early 90s answer to Arnold Schwarzenegger mm, right. like like can't afford Schwarzenegger <laughs> Brian Thompson's here I always thought know? that was a uh, what's his name from Rocky 5 Dolph Lundgren that was the one that was like the poor man Schwarzenegger well if you're making a movie yeah right like we can't but, get Schwarzenegger get Dolph Lundgren but like but uh 
Brian Thompson always remember that whenever they would do like a um, X Files episode that would have essentially the Terminator in it, and they made this character that was like a alien, but he essentially looked just like the Terminator. He had like the wrap around glasses and the I leather jacket. I seem to recall watching that episode and hating it. And and that that character actually showed up multiple times, um, and that was all. He was always played by Brian Thompson mm. in his doing his very best Schwarzenegger impression. Crazy. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, the X Files. Oh boy, good. That was a good show. Yeah, that was fun. That was a good show. People still reference that when they're talking about World of Darkness all the time. They're like, "Oh, this is gonna be kind of X Filesy." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, it was, there was even I don't know. They never could really like get a role playing version of X Files off the ground because I remember the one that I had was Dark Matter for Alternity, and even that I was just kind of. Oh man, I, I love can't that get game. this moving. I can't oh. figure out how to get people in it's, this it's and because, going. It's because Alternity was such a piece of shit. Alternity's system was. Very complicated, needlessly complicated. Like, why would you do that? Way too over the top. They they were going for, I think, math correct in terms of like scaling difficulty, but math correct scaling difficulty and then um, actually correct or, or playable scaling difficulty are two different things. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily need, you know, a, a mathematically accurate model of, no. of increasing difficulty for tasks. I just not something that i need as a person it's, i've i've really yeah. gotten into reduced rule sets as time has gone on i really want things that aren't going to get my way when i'm trying to do it exactly exactly you're going to love Nigel world yeah i will probably like that one a lot but there's just a ton of them that i feel yeah they're just they're just too fussy i don't want to be it, fussy it's like it's a simulators like mm-hmm. this idea that the role-playing game has to be a simulator it has been a huge barrier to entry to getting really imaginative people involved in role-playing. Right, and I really feel like if they could just put together articles in the books like the ideas of failing forward and all of these other things and maintaining narrative flow and, you know, the idea of not having a locked door problem. If characters come Mm. to a door, they have to open, and they fail their lock-picking check. Is that the end of the adventure? Because if it is, you have a locked door problem, and you should fix it. Right. Right. Yeah, good point. Now, I will say... Despite the elegant simplicity of Dungeon World, I do feel called to the sort of grittiness of the World of Darkness systems, the storyteller systems. Even though those are like, by comparison, those are like intensely. I understand that those those systems were created to be system light by comparison to what was going on at the time. Right. But 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 by comparison now, you're looking at like, oh, that feels really heavy. I that still really, really like the systems for World of Darkness. I think they work. They're not they're not complicated. Oh, they're great. I just feel I feel in the World of Darkness there comes a certain point where your dice pool success just becomes a foregone conclusion. Once you get a certain amount of dice, you're going to succeed. And it's just a question of, okay, well, I just want to get all the things that are important to me up to around that 5 or 6 dice mark on anything that I'm going to try to do so that uh the the uh there's a little monster so that failure becomes less of a possibility for and, when i try to do these things and then once you start playing games with things like willpower 
then it's mm-hmm. just like forget about it right because it's like the success is essentially like guaranteed it's inevitable and we I, just uh, never even used willpower all that often though because you didn't i didn't other people did oh. just because i didn't like the mechanic it introduced the game i was just like oh i'm just i'm gonna succeed on it because i get three extra dice so it makes almost everything oh. a guaranteed success no and, that's that's requiem I'm oh that is requiem masquerade masquerade, masquerade was an you, automatic success was automatic wasn't it? success yeah. So it's like you got guys like Ben, you know, um, uh, Full Metal Ben, and mm-hmm. he's like, okay, well, I've got like, you know, five in an attribute, five in an ability, five in a um, in a discipline. Mm-hmm. So my dice pool's huge. I'm gonna start spending willpower to create um, automatic successes, and you're just like this. It's it's, you know, it's a it's, it's a tidal broken. wave. Yeah. It's a tidal wave. It really was. A problem in the old systems. Yeah. One I don't know what to do about. I, I'm not a game designer. Well, sometimes but... I just want to play with it, though. I want yeah. to play with, like, the resource allocation that goes into that. You know, the management of the experience points. I mean, yeah. the guy, I sound like such a nerd, but that's just what I want to do. I want I want to manage it's the experience points. It's building point. out your character that way. You don't yeah. have that progression like you do in other games where it's you hit level two. Here is your next thing you get and your next thing you get. Yeah, like slots. The right. things become slots. And it's now. just, I don't, I don't yeah. know that I want to do that. Maybe I want to spend, maybe I want another discipline, or maybe I want my yeah. character to develop in this way. And it's much more open in that regard. It's true. It's true. Well, Adam, it's been a real pleasure tonight. Likewise, rapping with you, watching some uh, Forever Night, yep. rapping about some these old fucking 90s things. TV. Hell yeah, man! So we'll meet together in another month and do this again. Sounds great. Sounds great, buddy. All right, have a good night, everybody.
It's a scene. 